Grace and I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia, paying our respects to elders past, present and emerging, particularly the traditional owners of this land we now call Sydney, where we are recording today, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. Thank you, Lily. Please have got the pod for you. That'll show you all that you got love and luck and lust and love. Sit back, relax as we pull back the covers. Hello, beautiful people. This week we're back with part two of our DNM with Bray from Dear Seattle. This week feels a little more poignant as we talk through the sudden passing of his dad when he was a kid, what he's learnt about grief and how he's formed his awareness of masculinity. This one will make your heart grow three sizes. Thanks so much, Bray, for sharing your story and perspectives with us. And now for part two. I genuinely think this is going to have to be a two-parter. I actually think so. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I reckon we should split it in oh, half. So and honestly, Bray, like seriously, we, as you know, how many episodes have we done? We actually, have- wait, if this is the second part and um, we have decided, I'm speaking to you from the past. We haven't decided yet. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? If this is the second part of, if we do decide to do a second part, then I'll have just been saying, is this going to be the second part? And I have to say, see what I have to put I'm up so- with? <laughs> right, everything's a fucking weird bit. Like, what is she talking about? I feel like you just glitched. <laughs> Like, you the don't know how much shit gets edited hot. out of each podcast. <laughs> and it's me editing That's what I'm it worried out. about. I'm like, I'm so worried that like we've it's been talking. No, I don't I even know, know how long we've been talking. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what I was gonna, I was actually gonna say something, but yeah, go on. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow, so true. Hey, I wanted to circle back to your dad, right? Mm. So we do know about that, and specifically because I remember you said a beautiful piece about him at the Next Exit show. Mm. At um, for those of you who don't know, um, Dear Seattle and Clues were on the same bill for an awesome festival called Next ever. Exit Festival. It's pretty dope. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you said a beautiful piece about him and about how your band is a great outlet and expression for you to express that. Do you mm. want to talk about that at all? Yeah, definitely. For those that don't know, like he. He passed away when I was six years old in a surfing accident and we were living over in the States at the time. And so it was definitely a shock death. And Mm. so there was no like anticipation in terms of like a medical illness or anything like that. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, we pretty much got given like a few weeks to leave America as well because we were there on his green card, which is like his visa. Oh, true. And so they were basically like pack your shit and get the fuck out of this country. You weren't born over there, were you? No, I wasn't. I was born in Australia, but we moved a bit with dad's work, like lived in the UK for like a year and then the US for three years. And then when he passed away, we came back and I've been Mm -hmm. back here ever since. But yeah, so that being like a pivotal moment was we got thrust back into Australia. Kyle and I had to like say goodbye to friends and all that kind of stuff as well. De-enroll from school and then come home and enroll in school back in Australia. And... It was kind of full on. Like it was, it was such like, in my opinion, such a good learning experience at such a young age to be able to not only like learn how to grieve and deal with something as heavy as like a death of a close family member, Mm. but also adjusting to life afterwards. And Mm. for example, coming back to Australia and learning how to be social with people and make friends and like be the outsider. Cause we had American accents when we came back. And so <gasps> yeah, yeah. went to school and it was like the American kids, everyone would be like, say color. And you'd be like color. And they're yeah. just like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so whack. <laughs> yeah. You've got this like kooky thing. Yeah. About you. yeah. So like, I think we both kind of learnt 
from that how to like be open and vulnerable with people Both to of like you as make in friends. You and Kyle. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, my brother Kyle. Kyle is brave. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think we both kind of learned that from that age. And I think that is probably why we both kind of gravitated towards songwriting as well, because mm. it, it's really that same mentality of just like, okay, I know from experience that the best way to get through grief or get through emotions that you don't particularly want is to let them out and talk about them. And, mm. you know, if you don't feel like you can talk about them with someone, like a notepad and pen is always there and you can just like write down what you're feeling and mm. at the least catharsis. rid yourself yeah. of it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah the yeah. catharsis of it. So yeah, I think it, like in terms of music, it was definitely a bit of a coping mechanism. When did you like find songwriting? Um, I started playing guitar when I was in about grade three. So like two years after he passed away. Oh, um, oh my gosh, that's so young. Yeah. That's so young. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> still shit as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Ain't learned a we, damn thing. Yeah. Okay. And then power chords. I think maybe, hey, power chords can stay. <laughs> I'm so bad at guitar. Like I have no business. I don't even know what a power chord is. <laughs> yeah. That's not a lie. Oh. You don't need anything else. Don't add so, me. Yeah, study Ooh. up. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so songwriting, I think it was maybe like a few years after I started playing guitar and mm. stuff like that. And I was kind of like, oh, I'm like enjoying learning songs that I like. But then I was like, oh, maybe I could Make do that myself. Yeah. yeah. And I still remember like some of the lyrics to the first song that I ever wrote. And do you I was, remember any of them? There was just some <laughs> metaphor about like the pearly gates or something like that, like heaven or whatever. Oh, okay. So I was going to say, like, was processing all the stuff about your dad coming through and songwriting straight up, like, you know, yeah. er- early on like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I think it was because at that age, it wasn't something that I necessarily felt comfortable like talking with other people yeah. about. Exactly, I think yes, that came yes. more with age when totally. you start to obviously get further away from the time of the incident as well, but yes. also just like maturing and getting older Grow and being like, oh, this happens and... to lots of people and mm. yeah. not feeling like it's such a shocking thing anymore. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I think a lot of the songwriting was just that. It's like I just like write things down to get it off my chest and then I had the thought of like, oh, maybe I could use them as lyrics yeah. and then so like started writing chords to it and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was like, this is way more fun than learning other people's songs. printing tabs of yeah. ultimate yeah. guitar. Yeah. yeah. Oh, now I feel added. <laughs> That's like... <laughs> that, <laughs> that was... So that me. was my yeah. whole existence. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was great to like, I think, tap into that relatively early. And like, I definitely wasn't good at it and I didn't necessarily care that I wasn't good at it either. Yeah. And like, I was doing one of those chats the other day on like my Friday thingo and um, we were talking about me like getting into singing when I was younger. And like, in my mind, I'm still the backing vocalist for Dear Seattle. So like, <laughs> that's like, that's my <laughs> mentality. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because no there used sense. to be another vocalist and then so like yeah. now I'm just like, yep, I never became the lead singer. But um, it was <laughs> so funny. We lost the lead singer and no one stepped up to take <laughs> yeah. it. I just kept singing. <laughs> yeah, literally. And you guys have two fucking lead singers basically. So like, want to share one? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Honestly, yes. Bye, Grace. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. This Seattle just got good. <laughs> Do you want my dance moves as well? Yes. I did tap yes. for a year when I was too old, when I was like 16 or something. Perfect. <laughs> I. Out of four students, I got most improved at the end of year performance in my little tutu. It's pretty dope. Continue with your tale, please. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm impressed. What the heck? The other kids were like 11. It's fine. Let's keep going. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, guys. And you still got it, too. I still got it. Yeah, Yeah. bring that along. We'll have rehearsals and stuff. We can suss it out. Yeah, and get the choreography. Oh, God. (laughs) The songwriting thing. You know, I'm sure you would have found something else if it wasn't that. Mm. Something I think about all the time. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have that for the rest of my life. Mm. As in Mm. that avenue, that outlet, like that creative. Language, basically. Yeah, exactly. 
Which is funny because I feel like that may even be a reason why maybe you don't feel like you need someone else that much either. Because I feel like a lot of the time yeah, people use a relationship as like someone to lean on in mm. those moments. Support. Whereas, yeah, even and that's why I feel a lot of the time as well. It's like I, I am like quite an ind- independent person, as I said. And so mm-hmm. like a lot of the time I'm like, oh, I, I don't necessarily need to like lean on Caitlin that much yeah, because I do have that outlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the time I really started to notice it was in lockdown and stuff when we couldn't play mm-hmm. live shows. And I didn't get yes. that chance to like purge all of these feelings yeah, that I right. like started to like get really affected and yeah. she was there and I was like thank god because like otherwise it probably would have just been a mess so so dear Seattle now do you think that's still to do with your dad like have you kept on doing music because of your dad do you think um or I is think... it just that that sparked that was a good way of processing emotions for you and yeah. it just stuck now yeah yeah, yeah. it's funny because I always say that I like I don't know how to not write sad songs. And I think that's probably why, because I always used it as a coping mechanism that now it's like, if I write a happy song, I'm like, that's fucked. Don't 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 put that out. And I've tried it and I was like, I'd listen back to it and be like, it's kind of cool, but it just doesn't feel like me. So I think there's that element, but no, like he, he wasn't a musician or anything himself, um, but he just had like really great music taste. And I think like really influenced more what style of music I write than necessarily like being a musician in the first place. That's so funny that you and Carl, is your mum musical? No. No. Really? Yeah. That's funny. Which is why I think it's, it must've just been that event that like led us to Totally. Yeah. Um, It's really amazing. Ah, dad was an accountant and mum's like a dental nurse. The true rock stars of this society, if you you ask me. (laughs) (laughs) They birthed some rock and roll little wizards. Yeah. So are we ready for a spicy two-tiered question? Yes. Can you juggle both? Yes. So (laughs) the first one was basically how masculinity was modelled to you growing up. Mm. So by Kyle, by your dad as well, how did you form your perception of masculinity as it is part of your identity? Yeah. Let's start there first. It's funny because for me it almost feels like it just was non-existent in the way that like obviously dad passed away young Mm -hmm. and so like I grew up with mum and so I feel like I now have a very like feminine energy as a result of that, like Mm -hmm. her raising me on her own. There is obviously like Kyle in my life as well, but, you know, he's in the same circumstance so I feel like he has quite a feminine energy as well. Mm -hmm. And then all I'm kind of like grabbing from is when dad was here and he was, you know, as I said, an accountant and like worked like a nine to five, all that kind of stuff. And so I didn't really see him that much. Like Mm. when I was younger, he really made a huge effort on weekends though. Like Mm -hmm. it'd be like weekends, like every weekend we're going camping or we're going and doing this because he was like, this is the only time I get with my kids. Yeah. Um, And so that to me was just such like an amazing role model experience of being like, okay, it's about that side of things of like the emotional support and being there. Because besides that, it's like, I don't really have much else to grab onto in terms of masculinity. But I think if you're looking at it in like the traditional elements of it, or I guess like the stereotypical Mm -hmm. things of masculinity, like people say like, oh, you know, like assertiveness or power or courage or dominance, all that kind of stuff. It's like those things to me aren't necessarily bad things. They only become bad things when people like take them to the extreme, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So like to me, I see like, you know, assertiveness and courage and like bravery, all that kind of stuff as very feminine qualities because that's what my mum was to me Mm. when I was growing up. Like they're not things that I consider masculine, but they're things that I really appreciate. And like if they are, I guess 
stereotypically considered masculine. I do associate with those and I do love those things, but I feel like if you're in a household, say like say if it was the other way around and it was just me and Kyle with dad, mm-hmm. I think we would be quite different people and that probably comes from the fact that there wouldn't have been as much feminine energy uh-huh. and, you know, maybe there wasn't the openness or the honesty and, like, communication, yeah. the empathy for the other people, all that kind of stuff. Because yeah. I feel like the way people tend to take masculinity in the wrong direction or, like... I guess, abuse it in a way Mm. is when I think if you were to be, and I'm just putting forward like a hypothetical family here. It's Mm -hmm. like if there was like a family of boys and a dad and the dad was like a very blokey bloke and just had like traditional masculine like ideas at heart and he's trying to like drill into his kids like, you know, you've got to be tough, you've got to be strong, you've got to be brave, you've got to be all these things. Uh, You've got to be like assertive. Assertiveness isn't a bad thing, but when it exceeds a certain level it's a really bad thing same with anything like when a kid is raised to believe that that is the thing that you need to be of of course they're going to think like well I'm going to be the most assertive person there is yeah like of course I'm going to be the most courageous or the most like dominating person there is yeah and that just breeds into them this idea of like you need to take it to the maximum level. You need to max level. out that emotion. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think that's where it starts to steer away from like a healthy characteristic. That is so interesting because certain traits turn up differently in different people. So if you're saying that like your mum raised you with a sense of assertiveness or confidence or courage, that obviously manifests differently in a woman than it might in a man. Yeah. So it's like your version of all those traits has come not from a male presence, but obviously it manifests in like a masculine way from you because you're a man. Mm. But the way that you've thought about those things or the way that they've been modeled to you has been from your mum. Yeah. So it's like you get all the nice parts and then they sort of, they emanate from you, but in the way that she has instilled it in you. Does that make sense? Maybe with the softness of a woman perhaps. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I think it's it's true. Yeah, 100%. Like they're just universal they're just universal traits. They're not necessarily masculine or feminine. Mm. You know, the only reason they are is because of stereotypes who the person in society is. and who yeah. the person is. Yeah. Because I think as well, like, mum may not have been that kind of person, but the situation she got thrown in forced her to be. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. she just had to get everyone's shit together. Yeah. And then that's obviously comes through you, but in your own way. Mm, yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of thing coupled especially with losing dad is even just to circle back to what you were saying before about like bringing things to relationships and like to other people that you're in a relationship with. Yeah. I feel like that's the thing that I can bring to a relationship is like this emotional understanding of for one mortality and like losing someone. And like, I feel like I just tend to look at life in the way that like, because dad died suddenly one day randomly, I just have this understanding that like that could happen to me. And so everything I do is focused on like, will this bring me the most joy today? And like, will I be happiest or like my best self if I'm doing this? So there's like, there's that understanding, but then also there's this understanding of like, I guess, self-confidence that we had to learn from a young age that like, for example, with Caitlin, like she was working a job, like pretty nine to five, but really wasn't that happy in it and she's an amazing artist herself and so she'd never really like taken the punt on herself oh and she always had these issues I hope she doesn't mind me saying this but I can't imagine she would but she always kind of had these struggles with self-doubt and thinking that she wasn't worthy of you know being able to drop everything and just be an artist you know yeah doing that career change yeah Yeah. and I feel like that's like she's brought so much from her side to me that I've learned but that was the thing that I feel like I brought to her in yeah. the way of being like, like just do it like you're that good you can do it and just 
sack it and like who gives a shit like yes. if it doesn't work who cares nothing you can always go back to a job like that but if you don't try this now then you'll yeah. never know and you don't want to end up with the what ifs you know yeah. when yes. you're 60 years old being like damn I really Should've wish I tried, tried that in my 20s it's like heartbreaking when people have to go through like fucked up terrible things to mm. then have this perspective on life mm. that is amazing but yes like you said if you can bring that to someone else what more could you ask for in like the give and take of a relationship yeah totally it's just such a nice feeling to have that and I think that's what makes for a good relationship is like mm. when you both feel like you're growing as a result of the other person not necessarily just like growing as a person side by side but like do you get what as I mean a direct yes. Cause, yes. Like causation not yeah. correlation yeah. yeah it's like this person this person actually making me a better person yeah mm. it's mm-hmm. like you compromise on like the day-to-day things but like you give and take on everything else a in lot. terms of like emotionally and yeah yeah you give and take like these lessons because you're both unique people who have had such a myriad of experiences throughout your life yeah, yeah. that have hopefully affected you in the way that will make you the best person that you can be your yeah. best self when you go into the relationship totally and it's like two strong people coming together yeah exactly mm. and so I, I love that element of it I feel like that's like mm. the driving force totally <laughs> and then with the masculinity stuff as well another thing I was wondering is does your masculinity come into your relationships do you think about the way it affects your relationships or how you operate as a man in your relationships at all or is it not really something that you think about because I mean I don't think I really think about like being a woman in a relationship but I wonder if it's different for guys I also I think that it's it doesn't surprise me when guys are so emotionally switched on like you are, but it does sort of <laughs> surprise I, me. It, it does, does shake. It does shake me to my core. I think, <laughs> wow, what's going on? No, I, what I'm trying to say is like, okay, if you think about when we're talking about stereotypes before, why do we think about the dear Seattle stereotype? It's mm. growing up in the heavy band scene. Yeah, it's very, like it's blokey. It's mm, you know yeah, yeah. the shows and like you know it's the guitar music. Like having a punt. Yeah, yeah. on the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I'm just throwing it. Yeah, in. painting the picture. Yeah, having a punt yeah. or that one, the dogs or whatever <laughs> at the pub. <laughs> All I'm trying to say, there's a, there's definitely a stereotype of what it's like to be a young guy these days mm. in that sort of scene. So, do you did you ever feel like you had to contend with, oh, should I be this character or should I be that character in terms of growing into like a, being a young man? Yeah, I think. We didn't really notice it at the start, especially like with Dear Seattle, because we kind of like got our start through Unearthed and Mm -hmm. like the music video was just like us doing a fridge to fridge and like drinking heaps of beers and stuff like that. And so like that instantly like pigeonholed us into that exactly. kind of uh, the ca- that's image why I'm, That's like why I'm branding. thinking about characters because it's like you're not even like that as a person but, yeah, yeah, it's easy to, to construct this idea of like the beard and the heavy music and or the whatever. Yeah, and, and the like shoeies, it, yeah, yeah. it's not like it's not a part of who we are. It's like we still oh, enjoy yeah, totally. having fun and, and that kind fun, of stuff. Yeah. But I feel like it's funny. I feel like a lot of people when we are on tour or like travel with supports and stuff like that, they tend to be a bit shocked by like how kind of like reserved and like quiet we are are. or just like, Mm -hmm. yeah, not like, I don't know, real like, yeah, yeah, like smashing beers, Mm -hmm. all that kind of thing. Because I like I don't even really drink before sets nowadays. And like I think that's probably a, a ship that we've started trying to steer like gradually just through like later releases and that kind of stuff. Because yeah. at the same time, I think now that I've grown up a bit more, it's just not something that I think 
should be idolized by people like that whole yeah, right. side of things and I, I think at the time I was like well this worked and so like let's lean into it and it'll help the band but you get to a point where you're looking back on it and you're like is this really how I want to represent myself and how I want people thinking they should be yeah because that's the that, thing like you have influence over people and you, like, yeah you really do yeah yeah and you, you set yeah. the standard and all you're that. literally an influencer yeah <laughs> Like, I'm sorry, but... You're a societal Ding. influencer. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> big yikes energy. Is that something that you consciously thought about, do you think? Or like, or do you talk moment? about that in the band, like, amongst... Yeah. With you guys? Yeah. We, we definitely have mentioned it before and, like, we kind of laugh about it. It's like, we'll just think that we're totally different people to what we are. Yeah. But I guess regardless, that's always going to be the case. Like, totally. even if you are completely candid on stage, that kind of thing, it's mm-hmm. like people are still going to have a different opinion looking at it from the outside than like probably what you're trying to present yeah. as well. I think the main issue is things like that where it's like, okay, I don't want like young kids thinking that they should just be getting smashed all the time. There's even like lyrics and stuff like that or whatever where I'm like, I don't know if this is like the healthiest way to look at things and stuff mm. like that where I'm like, okay, I just need to be more conscious going mm. forward now because at that time, especially with that EP that kind of like took off, it's like we didn't even know. We weren't even going to release that EP. So like we didn't even know wow. it was good. We were going to yeah. quit as a band and stop. Right. And then we put it out and so, and then it like started to get heard by all these people and I think we all had a bit of a moment of like, oh, hectic. Okay. Yeah. Like, this is yeah, yeah, yeah. Like for the next one, now. let's like really mm. keep that in mind that that is the possibility. Yeah. And so without sounding douchey, <laughs> I mean. You're a when scumbag. You're, when, <laughs> You're actually a when, scumbag. When you're writing, you kind of have to imagine the best case scenario of like, yeah. if this song was to somehow become number one in the world, would I still be proud of what I'm saying? And would mm, I still back what I'm saying and yeah. think that it's, it would should be Would you want heard. a song to be on that massive of a platform? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, were you asking me that in yeah, general? Yeah, yeah. But I'd like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, please. No, but when you're writing a song, you mean you want to be writing a song that you would be happy for billions of people to hear. Yeah. Not a song that yeah. like, you don't expect to go anywhere. And then when it does, you're like, shouldn't have said that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, totally. Because you never know what's going to strike a chord with people. Mm, that's at it. At the right moment, at the right time. Yeah, yeah it's... It's a weird thing. It's weird to have like, and you would both know it as well. Like I'm sure people will mention to you like, oh, I love your music and like th- it got me through this or like mm-hmm. it, it makes me feel mm-hmm. this. And I find that so absurd in a way that like you can yeah. impact someone's life so dramatically who you've never met before. Yeah. Like it's fully, that's some Crazy, seriously yeah. existential shit to, it's, <laughs> to unpack. But think about how much you love music and how yeah. much you love bands and how much you've loved certain songs. How, and how many much bands have done influenced. that for me? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And it's like you get to be that for someone else. It's awesome. It's incredible. It? It's, so. I think that's what, yeah, it's what makes it worthwhile. It's why we do oh it. God. Hell yeah, it's <laughs> why we do it. We, oh, God. Yeah, it's true. Do you have any yeah, other yeah. masculinity questions, Grace? I just want to know Obviously. how you. I, I actually do. How do you become such a beautiful man? <laughs> are you no, honestly though? Do you actually? Yeah. Are you surrounded by other beautiful men? Are you conscious yes. of what kind of friends you have? Do you yes. do you get the sense that you're a rose among thorns in society? <laughs> do you I, notice <laughs> if there are other scumbags around that you don't want to be associated with? Yes. Do you protect your energy? Do you protect your energy? Yes. Is your Gemini rising? Do you align your Pisces? chakra? I don't know. <laughs> Is I don't your Pisces know. swimming? Is your Pisces sinking? <laughs> no, I like my friends group is amazing. And I think like we all yeah. had a period growing up where 
Ah, uh, it's funny. Oh, I'm just gonna say it. Fuck it. Why not? When we were younger, <laughs> we can edit it out. It's yeah, okay. yeah. No, <laughs> it's in post. Like, yeah. we all had like a big stoner phase kind of thing when we were much younger. Yeah, yeah. When you were younger and wiser. Yeah, like in high school. Yeah. Sorry, mum. But it it got to the point where it was like, guys, Love Clues is a weed friendly podcast. <laughs> we love dope. We yeah. <laughs> you can blaze to the grave on Love Clues. Yeah. It's fine. I was just more worried about mum. Yeah. <laughs> no, What's kidding. your mum's but, name again? Sue. Oh, Sue. Yeah. Sue. I love We're you sorry, so much, babe. Sue. I love you too, Mum. Sue, you. skip this part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, but it was, um, we all had this period and it was almost like in sync. Our whole friends group just like all started getting like depression, anxiety, all these other things. Yeah. And we were all just like, holy shit, like we got to deal with this. And I think that was such a pivotal moment for all of us because we all mm-hmm. at the same time became really emotionally switched on wow. and started asking each other more regularly, like, but how are you actually doing? Like that kind of stuff. And so I think that really just gave me that mindset of like, same deal in a relationship. It's like, this is how you make this the easiest path, like through life. Mm. To talk about it. Yeah, just to talk it out and mm. be open and honest with mm. how you feel. And so I genuinely feel like I'm surrounded by like some of those beautiful men and women that yeah. you could ever know. And yeah, I don't know whether that's because I'm selective of who I hang out with or not. I'm sure it probably is. But at the same time, like we all hold ourselves to a standard and we all, mm. you know, make sure that we're checking in on each other and all that yeah. kind of stuff, which I think is the most important thing in the world. I feel like that's pretty rare for young guys mm. to... I actually think that's kind of rare as well. Yeah, to be able to so. sit down and say to their friend, how are you actually? Yeah. Like to even have the awareness to say that, yeah. you know, to yeah. push for that extra step. Mm. Is it because you were all in the same boat and you all knew that you actually needed to check on in on each other? Cause yeah, I think so. Like I definitely had friends who like dealt with mental illness like pretty badly throughout high school and stuff like that. And for me, it was, there was like a, a few that, really opened it up to me because I, you know, had been through what I'd been through with dad. But so much I, younger yeah, and not Yeah, and it's like I hadn't really necessarily the, dealt with like mental yeah. illness, I would say. Um, it was more like I learned An how to deal with event, grief. Yeah. And like I knew how to deal with like grief and how to self-reflect and how to, I guess, self-therapize as well from that younger age. And so I think a lot of my friends who had mental illness like kind of gravitated towards that because they were like, oh, I think Bray might be the person that I could speak to about this. And I just really enjoyed that process of like being that candid. Like to me, I might have said this to you before, but I feel like I've said it to so many people, but like if it was up to me, every conversation would start with like, when was the last time you cried? Because I I hate the fucking small talk. I hate the bullshit. I hate all of like, I don't connect with someone based on what they do for work or what they did on the weekend. I connect with someone based on them and like their thoughts on what makes them tick. I've never heard that before. That's such a good idea. When was the last time you cried? Straight up. Yeah. like I I literally had the idea of making a podcast of it and just like, that's just the first thing when you sit down and just kick it from there. You can be my first guest. You can be my first guest. Guys, <laughs> Lily never cries, so. Yeah. Actually, when was the last, last time, time I cried? cried was in 2003. <laughs> no, nah, I'm joking, it wasn't. When was the last was time it? I cried? Um, I think when I made you cry when we had our big fight. Probably. What? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, my God. I, I made Lily cry. That was really serious. We had a big, big, big fight, and I accidentally made her cry. <laughs> and she, it was so she armadilloed under a blanket. Like, just. So, didn't want you to see me cry. And she didn't want me to see her cry. No, that's actually. That's a great. Great idea for a podcast because I, when we're talking about catharsis and everything, crying is just not something that comes naturally to me. And mm-hmm. I wish I do not Nor care. Yeah. No, I, I don't care about really? crying stigma. I would happily cry, cry, cry all day. 
way. It's mm. a great feeling, but I just don't, it doesn't come you out. Just don't do it. Just it. doesn't yeah. come out. Yeah. I'm like, come on, Lily, you can do this. Yeah. Just cry. Let the tears fall. It's good because, like, just to answer the question, even like from my side, last yeah. time I cried was it was like the 20th anniversary of Dad passing away in September. Oh, yeah. And I hadn't cried in God knows how long before that. Like, literally the oh, whole time really? we were dating, Caitlin was like, when are you going to cry? Wow. This is fucked up. <laughs> and she'd really? be like, yeah. And I think the reason is, is like, I always think, well, it's not that bad. Like, I have that, like, interjecting thought of, like, and again, probably from dad passing away, it's like nothing could be worse worse except mum passing away. Yes. And so, like, it's kind of hard to, like, let myself get to that point of crying. But when I I did in September, I was like, this is ridiculous. It is, like, better than any drug you could ever have. It's just like, oh, my God, I feel so good after this. And so I, like... I really want to try, but at the same time, I feel like trying is almost counterintuitive as well. It's like it kind of has to come naturally. I don't know. I think think you can get better at it. I think crying is the most amazing physical push of a button release of tension. The feeling afterwards is The feeling afterwards is like I am a weightless bird (laughs) flying off into the sunset, you know, to meet my... Lover, I don't Beth know. Lover. But it's <laughs> better than sex, guys. Crying, better than sex. Instead of having one night stands with the guys who are hanging out at rounds, I'm just gonna cry all summer. I'm just gonna cry. Oh. I'm just gonna sleep every night. Maybe like this, I'll be in my own bed. Find people for like cry circles. Yeah. Oh. Just be like, come over, we'll have a good, yeah, good cry I'm together. Cry. Oh my gosh. When's like Grace? Okay, but Grace, <laughs> even though we came from the same womb, Grace cries drop of a hat. I, I wish cried I was the like other day I wish I was when like mum was telling us about their lovely friend <laughs> who, um, whose funeral they'd been at. I didn't know the guy, but I cried when I heard the story about how he met his wife. I don't know what it is. I just It's beautiful. So you can mm. just let it out. Oh, I wish I was like that. But the thing is, I'm also very good at bottling it in. Mm. I will not cry if I'm around people I'm not comfortable around and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah that's but true. But it does kill me. Like I find oh, it really? very easy to just swallow it down. But I feel like I'm pushing a wall of a tidal oh, wave down into my toes. And I just like say to myself, yes, no, hundreds. Oh, my god! I'm like, let the floods get <laughs> yeah. Nope, it's filling out. Yeah. I often cry about, like, not important things. Mm. Like, I cried in Albert and the Chipmunks. That's a favourite story of mine to tell. <laughs> um, it shouldn't be. No, no, it's kidding. not okay. It's not okay. <laughs> No, that's <laughs> but yeah, and then sometimes, but here's the let's unpack this moment mm. when big things happen that are genuinely like deserve to be cried about. I'll often like smile or laugh, mm. like it's a weird. Coping yeah, you've got a thing. bit of an ice man thing going <laughs> on because I cry at serious. What's yeah, an ice man thing. I don't know. You just freeze over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when stuff gets serious, I just smile and go a bit. Yeah, I tend to la- like. Yeah, I tend I laugh. to laugh. Yeah, when there's like sad things, it's like a weird like coping mechanism. I think yeah. same deal of like because I don't feel like I'm going to cry. It's like, well, I can't just stand here like I'm a zombie, just like things, I have so no I'm just emotion. Laugh. <laughs> yeah, same person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cackle at it. Yeah. Have you seen Caitlin cry though? Oh, like daily. Okay, so it's, she's a crier yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. she's like. Yeah. If mm-hmm. she sees someone else cry, no context, she'll probably cry. Oh, like she's like, yeah. she's so like empathetic like that in that way. She's just yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. But same deal. That's why she was like, oh my God, I cry like daily and I've never seen you cry in a whole yeah. relationship. I was like, yeah, I'm not like actively trying or like trying to be macho or anything mm. by not crying. It's yes, just, totally. it doesn't come just to doesn't me. Come and she mm. was like, that's so interesting. So you haven't felt the urge to cry since September this year? 
No. Because the last time, oh, what one was it? I've been crying way more recently. Mm. Really? Than, yeah, I just went through a, just a huge, not like recently, recently, but I just went through a, just such, such a long time in my life with not being a crier. And I think that, you know, a few things have happened that made me cry. And now I find it easier for some yeah, reason. Okay, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like, almost like when it's been a long time mm-hmm. between cries, it's kind of like the barrier gets higher and higher. Yes, that's yeah. what I mean. And then the more you do it, it just yeah. feels like, oh. You know, the anniversary of your dad passing away comes around every single year and your brain goes like, oh, now is the time when I can, like, cry. Mm. Like, that hasn't happened every single no, year. Like, it it's, just it's, happened to be this year. It's strange because it's, yeah, like, that period is always, like, the shittest week in the year because it's yeah, Father's totally. Day, anniversary of dad passing away and his birthday all in one week. Yeah, right. And some years it's like, it's I'm fine and I'm, it doesn't even, like phase me in the slightest and other years it hits me like a train I think it really just depends on where I find myself at at that time and if I'm in a point where I'm like fuck I really just kind of wish he was here just for that extra support or like that you know Mm -hmm. I don't know feeling of like another person to go to it's those years where I'm like oh fuck yeah this is pretty brutal but yeah, no, the 20th one, I think as well, just like being a milestone year, it just yeah, that's tends huge. to have like additional yeah. weight. And we did a um, a big Zoom with like our whole family because it was during lockdown. We all just like jumped on and had a few beers and just like told stories about him and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, totally. That's so nice. And so, yeah, that definitely, I think, added to it because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, so many stories I hadn't heard. And it's, it's funny because mm-hmm. like all the stories I hear about dad, he's like basically the ideal person in the world. And I, I realize now that I'm older, it's totally. because no one's going to tell me like a fucking shit story about it and be like, your dad was an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you didn't get to see the one time when he like, you know, told someone to fuck off in traffic or something. Yeah. Like, do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, They're exactly. not the surviving the memories at all. Yeah. 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 And so I, I tend to, the image I have of my dad is like, he was the best person in the world. Yeah. And I think for me, that's a good thing in the way that like, I strive to be that. Like mm-hmm. I, I want yeah. to, yeah. I want to leave that same legacy behind. Like, when I pass away, I want people to talk about me that way and like have that same thought process. And so it can be good, but I imagine for some people it might go the other way of like, oh, well, this is like so much to live up to and that kind of thing. But for me, it's it doesn't get to that. That's yeah. so beautiful. <laughs> so yeah. gorgeous. Should we get going for hours Should and hours cry? and hours? Should we cry? Should we do a crying circle? I, I kind of like the idea go. of this crying circle. Mm. Is that a thing? I don't know if I'll be able. Not for me. You, you might be the only one yeah. crying go on, by the sounds of things. You can do it. <laughs> I can't. I oh can't God, cry. Okay? Yeah. Sorry, brave. Go, go. You oh. are special. <laughs> <laughs> you are a special little bumblebee. No, okay. Honestly, <laughs> you're a little bumblebee <laughs> flying pol- flying from flower to flower. It comes Bray. <laughs> oh, it's the Bray bumblebee. It's your boy Bray. <laughs> don't, don't call me a pretty little bumblebee. I'll the, cry. That could be the title too. The Bray movie, but he's Buzz a little bee. bitch. It's Bray. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, you oh. are a special little bumblebee. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I don't no, you want to forget it. It's been so nice. Like, mm. seriously. Yeah, I, it's good, I feel like it? this is like, especially, and like, feel free to put this in the podcast or not, but like on tour, you don't get this chance no. to like oh sit down gosh, with people I think about that all the time. and have that solid yes. one-on-one or like totally. one-on-two in this scenario yeah. where you can actually yes. just go deeper and be like, mm-hmm. let's talk about real, real life and like even relationships. It's like yeah. even with friends of mine, I haven't had conversations like this. Yeah, so totally. like 
but this is the shit that I crave. Oh, like, it's I, like crack to it's me. It's my lifeblood. <laughs> I love it. So I'm like, can we just Straight like tee this up like once a week? No, but that, <laughs> you know what? That's the one thing I don't like about touring is that you feel like you're friends with all these bands, which we are obviously, mm. and I love them. Like I love everyone in the music scene. We I love would take all, a bullet I for love everyone them all, I've but ever like, met. It's not that you don't. It's not that. <laughs> <laughs> It's not that it's not that you don't want to have these deep and meaningful. It's like you literally just when do you do it? What in the five seconds when you're changing over between yeah. soundcheck or like you yeah. have a beer after a show, whatever? Like or you mm. bump into someone in a crowd. Like you're not just gonna be like cracking open your heart. Yeah, yeah. and the, ho- just, the whole mood is like everyone have fun. Like everyone mm-hmm. like yeah, it's exactly. all and yeah, it's banter, enjoy, yeah, which upbeat. is awesome. But there's no like yes. sit down and like. Damn. Tell me the hardest shit you've ever been through. <laughs> like, I that's feel like, like yeah. yeah, which is funny because I feel like even like we have had such a strong connection in the way that we. I don't think even we really had that kind of conversation no, on I next think exit. So. No, but no. I feel no. like nowadays, I think you probably think the same way is that you can pick up on a vibe of a person really quickly. Yeah, yeah, and like if Million you percent. cut from the same see clock. that, yeah, I think that's why mm-hmm. I saw in both of you initially. I was just like, I so <laughs> want to spend more yeah. time and yeah. like go. Yeah into this depth. That's yeah. why when you started the podcast, I was like, this is perfect. Mm. I cannot wait. Yeah. 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 It just sets the context Chew your for ear it. off for three hours. Literally. Honestly. <laughs> and, and then we, we do thank you for it. Yeah. Like, Jesus. Yeah. What? Thanks, Sim. I Thanks for coming this. on the podcast. Yeah, and it's setting the context for it. It's literally holding space for somebody mm. to like go into it knowing this is what we're going to talk about. Mm. You know, like yeah, you all... don't have to be upbeat. You don't have to like no. You don't need be to be funny exactly. and whatever. It's not like, trying to impress anyone. Just... Is Bray. Okay, let's wait. We need one little, just little morsel from you to mm. see us out to the rest of our lives. What's one thing you would tell specifically, Lily and I? Like, what would you tell us about love, relationships, anything, anything you want at all? Just as a, we wish you on your merry way kind of sentence. <laughs> It just comes to like, not necessarily even just like love and all that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. just life in general is like, definitely just stay true to what you think and feel in the way of like, what brings you the most joy each day and, you know, what makes you feel the best. Um, but don't do that at anyone else's expense. Perfect. That was <laughs> fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that was so beautiful. That was so excellent. Oh, sweet. Seriously, that was, I needed to hear that. Be your authentic self. Mm. Play the game. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Seriously. Thank you so much for having me.